0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. My name is James Delisio. I'm Charlie Heatherly.
1: I'm Casey Clark. And I'm Hallie Phillips.
0: And we're coming at you live, not live, with another quarantine edition long distance podcast. Uh, This episode's not sponsored by Discord, but I wish it was. Um, Anyways, we thought it would be a good idea to open up today, sort of similar to last time, and share how we're, just a little bit on how we're feeling, how we're doing, what, what have we, how, my question, my question to your friends, dear co-hosts, how have you been holding up? What have you been doing to stay busy, stay productive, stay happy? What, what's going on with you guys? Ch- uh, Charlie, you wanna
2: start sure. us off?
3: Uh, well, definitely staying busy I don't have to worry about, because... I have a lot of classes that demand a lot of time, so usually I'll spend it doing homework. But at least from one of those classes, which is uh, game development, I get to express myself creatively through doing uh, tons of illustrations or coding work or or really anything under the sun that's required to be put into a game I get to do. So that's my creative outlet for this. And I highly recommend that if you haven't found a creative outlet to uh, explore during quarantine, get one. Because it is what's keeping me sane, at least partially. Also, I like to go on walks and exercise and things like that. I think that's important during this very sedentary time. But, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. Can't wait till it's over like the rest of us. But, you know, I'm making it. I'm living. I'm here. Absolutely.
0: That was beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Casey?
2: Yeah, I've been really... Um putting myself out there creatively i made uh, a dress out Whoa. of oh you did thrifted oh pants. i saw that Dang. yeah i um oh, that's cool. i've also been vlogging for miss hallie over here um, thank you
1: thank you <laughs> mm-hmm. oh that's right we all have uh, been vlogging yeah right yeah wow so casey's the um, only one to notice it she's a real one i, I haven't gone long yet long i
2: could have i could have said it
1: um <laughs> uh,
2: what what else have i been doing i i've been drawing uh um, nice. i completely tore apart my closet and i have all this stuff to give away and no goodwill to go to <laughs> oh. hey uh, it's the thought that counts yeah um yeah just being artistic oh, i'm very busy like charlie said um, Schoolwork. Stuff that's making me sad most of the time, <laughs> but um, yeah. Other than schoolwork and art, and the occasional walk when I'm feeling claustrophobic, or biking. Love biking. Not not really, but I. It's something that you do. Um.
1: Yeah, that's. I think that's it for me.
0: Beautiful, Hallie.
2: Really?
1: Yes, I. I've been doing a lot more than i should really i've just been clinging on to a bunch of creative projects i can do like i'm trying to write like this feature film script that i've been working on for three years finally have time to do it so i been working on that yeah. like every day um and then yeah i'm, I'm also doing like the, the vlog you know wink at that all these talented people you're gonna see their lives if you want to i don't the know how i'm gonna put guys. it out there yes <laughs> and then um yeah, I've just, I've been doing a lot, like video challenges, I've been entering competitions, um, I've been doing online classes, I bought myself a piano, I've been teaching myself piano. Ooh. Um, oh.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, I
1: don't, I'm, I'm not that good yet. Like
0: <laughs> a keyboard or an entire piano? <laughs>
1: like, a, like a keyboard, I'm not that, I'm not that <laughs> Holy, rich, it was my money. Yeah, Holy she got a go yeah.
0: Deliver. Yeah, I just up would here. be really impressive.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then I've just been reading a lot. I think I've read like eight books since quarantine. So just, uh, dang, just I, I was piling pr-
2: through.
3: Oh my gosh, I was proud
0: of my like <laughs> three or four.
3: Yeah, James. No, if yeah, You like... thought you were the ultimate introvert. I don't think you've met Hallie yet. She's oh my no, gosh, man. No. I she's super <laughs> Saiyan now. I think I like reading. I like reading in in
0: theory a lot more than in practice. You know, I'm, like, <laughs> yes. I'm Like I should read. Yeah. I should expand my knowledge and and read. And then mm-hmm. I. Every time I think about sitting down to read a book, I'm just like, eh, no, I don't really want to.
1: <laughs> I, like, create oh. a, a structure for myself. Like, at night, I, like, read for, like, at least 40 pages. Like, I go running. What? I've done writing. Then I sit down and I read 40 pages. And I'm telling
3: you. Dang,
0: I am I'm rest. Mm-hmm. I knock out after, like, two paragraphs.
1: <laughs> You're like, and my eyes are tired.
0: Yeah. Puts me right to bed. um
1: Not, uh, Yeah, I'm bad. I stay up until like one a.m. reading. Jeez. Don't don't do what I do. <laughs> I'm
0: impressed. I am very impressed. I uh, what have I been up to? I I'm like Hallie. I'm doing a lot of video editing. I've reawakened my inner me from a few years ago, and I've been playing so many video games recently. So I've just been editing a bunch of clips from those just to make little videos for my friends, make them laugh, you know. Um. Mm-hmm been playing a lot of chess i think i said that last time but oh i tried making that uh trendy foamy coffee stuff this morning
1: was it good no did you really tell us
0: dude i'm sorry it was not it was not that good okay so first off it has like one batch of the whip foamy coffee part has like as much caffeine as six cups of coffee um
3: so it's super
0: strong so i used like we made two drinks with it um and even then like it just doesn't taste that good it's really this weird kind of like thick foamy texture that i i don't know i it was it wasn't bad but i wouldn't bother making it again
3: but uh it's because it wasn't carbonara that your taste buds just didn't deal with it very well I, uh, gosh, I know.
0: But, anyways, so I tried that. Eh. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of most of what I've been doing watching Clone Wars. It's, oh, supreme. we're doing a Socratic
3: Ooh. Cinema episode on that, by the way. I'm on promising that to the
0: viewers sure. right now.
3: On the Mandalore arc, I'm so down. Yeah. Only on the Mandalore arc. arc.
0: No, yeah. Care. Let's, let's, let's about talk the about
3: the, the Ahsoka arc.
0: Everyone would love that.
2: Ooh, yeah.
3: But not in this episode. Y'all have to come back to hear that. But we promise it's happening.
0: I think we've used enough of our time on this fun little intro bit. I hope you all are doing well. We all hope that
3: you're doing well, not just me. And tell us what what you've been doing for quarantine in the comments below, because we would love to read it.
0: Yeah. So, without further ado, today we will be talking about, if you haven't read the title of the podcast already, we're going to be talking about Damien Chazelle's Whiplash.
1: Woo! Yeah. Oh, I was only
0: one. Maybe I'll put some jazzy intro music for this one instead of the normal. Yes. Ooh, that'd be um, fun. A cool. sax. That would be there's some, some drums, maybe. I
2: don't know. Socratic <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no,
3: cinema band. <laughs> yeah. James can play bass, Halle can play piano, and then Casey and I can like beat on a table or something for, for drums. Yeah.
2: Heck yeah. There Whiplash
0: was released in 2015. It was nominated for five Academy Awards, and it won three of them, being oh best God. supporting actor for J.K. Simmons, best sound mixing, best film editing. It was also nominated but didn't win for best picture and best adapted screenplay. Um, let's all let's do our thing. Let's go around. Let's talk about our surface level feelings about the movie. Uh, let's go the reverse direction, Halle.
1: Oh my gosh! I'm first. Okay, I I really enjoyed this movie. Having loved La La Land, I was surprised I just haven't ever gotten around to Whiplash. um I'm very excited we got to review it. Um, I thought it was like very. It was so simple, but yet it was still like very like bold, and that's what, like really surprised me. Like even like the beginning scene, I was like jarred. Like just like the way like the the camera movements were and like the dynamic was between Andrew and Fletcher, I was like jarred, but at the same time like. this is so simple yet so intriguing it was definitely a damien chazelle movie i could see so many similarities in like la la land but like what was so interesting is like the difference between the story of ambition between the two movies so when Mm -hmm. i was watching whiplash it was like oh so like i could see where i was kind of going with how it's arguing ambition in this movie and how different that is so i really liked it i really thoroughly liked it
0: yeah yeah for sure I want to talk about the the whole ambition point uh, as well. I think that was super interesting. Uh, I I just slipped my mind that Damien Chazelle directed La La Land too. I didn't know that. <gasps> um, but I yeah. So but that makes that's a really interesting comparison now. But uh, yeah. Casey, what what did you think?
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to open up with that I. Thought it was a brilliantly made movie. It was very interesting to watch, but I didn't like it.
1: <sighs>
2: my heart. My heart.
3: No, no, be proud of it, Casey. Take my role for once. Yeah, I,
2: can, I, know. <laughs> I can see why. I'm the Charlie. Okay. Um, for for a few reasons. I feel like once we get to the ambition point, I can get into my main um gripe with the movie but um it was very oh how did charlie put it very anxiety inducing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i was very like and it was it's a good anxiety inducing but it's also like some points where it's a little bit um like too much and too much in a way where me looking at how other people like treat each other i felt like the movie didn't exactly do a great job of truly um villainizing what uh fletcher was doing to the boys like he Uh, kind of touched on it but it was very like they kept going back to but this is like the tough love this is how you be great when it's like no that's actually like emotional and physical abuse and like mm-hmm. that just didn't exactly sit right with me there so those are yeah i'll touch on uh the ambition point later but that was why i didn't like it
0: yeah i i can see that i think that's a very fair um claim to make i i, I don't Necessarily agree, but I I, I definitely understand why it, it, it's a it could be an off-putting or alienating
3: movie uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Charlie, what did you think? Whiplash was one of the best movies that I will never watch again. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> much like
3: wow. uh, okay. the the Safty brothers, I think that's their name. The Safty brothers' uncut gems. This movie is all about nailing that feeling of anxiety. And it does a fantastic job at that. You cannot fault the movie for doing exactly what the director wanted. But the problem is, watching an anxiety-filled movie is really not the most fun thing to do at the core of it. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Now, I love this movie because I think that it's fantastic at what it wants to do. And I think, compared to Uncut Gems, it it has an appropriate level of of anxiety as where, in Uncut Gems, you wanted to rip your hair out for the second half of the movie because of how stressful everything was getting. But in this movie, you have a, f- a fantastic balance of, of stressful, of, of just a stressful plot in general, really, really phenomenal acting and characters. Unsettling light work, I think, is especially what stood out to me, and I have a couple moments I want to pinpoint with that. But definitely one of the drawbacks of the movie that Casey so eloquently mentioned before is the fact that I think it, it gets its messaging wrong on the value of of hard work and how abuse can change a person. Because I feel like there's two routes that the movie was going to take, and it chose neither of them. Either it was going to treat its main characters as people that you shouldn't look up to, or it was going to to villainize uh, the it, it was going to villainize Fletcher and say that what he did was bad. It didn't really do either. It sort of just showed, oh, you know, these people were abusive to one another and incredibly mean and rude, but. You know, they ended up having a good time at the end. Look, he played a really nice. He played some great music. I mean, his oh. hands were bleeding.
0: I, I'm... Oh, but, you know, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I gosh.
1: I. F- yeah.
0: Throughout his. I might, might rebut but... a little
1: bit of of that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I want to. I, I want to touch. I, I want to
3: talk about that for. sure. I, I'm firmly yeah. on Casey's side on this. I I, I think the movie. Hey. Uh, really should have had a, a better message in the end. And I understand that you can do that that thing in, in literature where everyone always says, Well, you gotta look on the surface man. There's nuance to it. But I don't know. I feel like by and large a lot of people are gonna go away from that movie thinking that that what happened was, you know, a little confusing. Like, oh, he was abused, I, but he made something great at the end. So who knows?
0: I, I think I, to a degree <laughs> it's definite there's some it's up to interpretation a little bit. Uh, maybe uh-huh. my interpretation's a little bit different, but I I think Hallie and I are, are rip roaring to to get to that soon. So I'm gonna Let's try rip and sp- them apart, Casey. I'm gonna yes. try and <laughs> this is a this is a podcast not about tearing each other apart. i gonna destroy but, you, James. But building each other up. <laughs> You're dead. You are dead. <laughs> All right. Here's what so I thought. I- you are dead. <laughs> really really enjoyed this movie i'm so glad we're we're reviewing it this was actually suggested to us by uh someone on our instagram go follow us on instagram by the way at socratic underscore cinema um but i'm so happy that we're getting to sit down and talk about it because i uh have wanted to watch this movie for so 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 long i've seen clips of it over and over again on youtube but for some reason i just never sat down and watched it all the way through um, same <laughs> did you guys know this movie was there's the the short film like original prototype version of this movie is, is on is on youtube um i oh, think it's really funny really? watch. i watched it a month like months ago um it's really interesting seeing like what segments of it made it into the final movie uh like the the are you rushing or are you dragging oh. infamous scene Jesus. uh was in this short film this movie <laughs> yeah. was so brutal to watch it was yeah it mm-hmm. was absolutely anxiety-inducing. I watched it um, with my sister and we there were just so many times where we were like, ugh, just so many cringe-worthy moments. Um, but I think all the anxiety paid off in a really, really cathartic way at the end. I think the ending yes. um, was very good. I think it was Neiman, Andrew Neiman, like triumphing and kind of Giving a huge middle finger to Fletcher and overcoming and 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 I really really liked the ending, but we'll talk about that more later. But overall, I really enjoyed Whiplash. I I'm a huge sucker for jazz. You know, I, I play I play bass for our school's jazz band. But uh, I I really enjoyed the movie. I definitely, it's I don't I'm not looking forward to watching it again, but at the same time I am. You know, I will say though. That this movie has provided me with some of the best insults that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I laughed so many homophobia. times. <laughs> Terrence Fletcher's a monster, man. There was, <laughs> he was just ripping on people, and
2: yes. like they
0: were funny, man. I'm not even gonna lie.
2: Yeah, several can... times. Five... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just several times I was like yo <laughs> did he just I know say that
0: like I, I could never imagine actually having someone say that to me in a like a serious mean way I think that they're I mean it's just atrocious the things he says this is like some of the this is full metal jacket levels of uh of language but it's funny it is funny, I, you, know, I, you know. I will say that about it. Um, but yeah, let's talk. Maybe, maybe the best approach to take is to start. Should we start at the beginning or should we start at the end? I don't know. I feel like there's.
3: I think there's, we got to start at the end. I think that there's a discussion the to be had about this.
0: So let's yes. let's lay it out. In case anyone's listening and they haven't seen Whiplash, it's about a a a, a drummer, a young promising drummer student at the fictional i think it's fictional schaefer doesn't actually exist does it zero clue probably has to be fictional yeah at the schaefer conservatory a very prestigious music school in new york he's a an aspiring jazz drummer and his name is andrew neiman played by miles teller and he joins the infamous terrence fletcher's studio band uh and it turns out terrence fletcher is a huge jerk who, who abuses his students and pushes them just like to the max? Uh and in the end, there, it, it, it goes it, his abuse goes so far that eventually Terrence Fletcher gets fired from the school, but uh Andrew and Fletcher later have like a reunion. Uh they just kind of bump into each other and Fletcher goes, Hey, Neiman, you wanna come play with one f- with me at, at, at a, a show I'm doing? And and Neiman's like sure i'll play at your show why not and i haven't played drums in a while and he does and uh oh, so this is what i would describe as the yes. as he does and this is what i would describe as, as kind of the ending sequence is that ter- uh right as the show is about to begin um fletcher calls up a song that it seems like everyone else in the band has but uh, neiman has never heard before and he's just struggling and basically, Fletcher completely screwed over neiman in front of this huge prestigious crowd of of people mm-hmm. in the music biz makes a complete fool out of neiman but mm-hmm. uh neiman turns around and sticks it to fletcher and just busts out this insane performance of caravan and the whole band joins in and it's this real triumphant moment and it ends with this really climactic insane like five minute drum solo Crazy. and then and then fletcher smiles and the movie ends It's a crazy ending. Like, you don't expect the movie to just end right there.
3: It's by far one of the best endings, I think, uh, I've seen in a movie. And and this ties into the point that I, I made in the group chat the other day, that this is really if Quentin Tarantino wrote a musical. Like, this has all of the same things that he loves to do, where he's slowly building up all of this anxiety and... And drama and just emotion and feeling, and then at the very end, it's an explosive release of of everything that you've been holding inside and and feeling for this entire experience, and then in a glorious, glorious segment, it 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 just bursts out. And I think absolutely. that's absolutely totally what happened here. Now, do I think that the sequence was great? Yes. Do I think that the messaging on the sequence was great? No. <gasps>
1: I'm yeah, I, don't know. I agree. I have to. I have to argue against.
3: God, take go ahead, Ellie. Oh,
0: there am I the message?
1: <laughs> the message, like, of the ending, or like the whole movie? What like, do you what, think like, like the,
3: the message? Well, I suppose that the message of the ending would be that of the, the whole end movie. Yeah. I mean,
1: I felt like, like it was very clear to me. I think it might be just because I'm a screenwriter, but. For me at the end, it was kind of like this redemption was Andrew finally being able to be in like the symbiosis with Fletcher. Like he was finally understand. Like I felt like the two kids who have been like knocking each other over and clashing throughout the whole movie at the end, like they were kind of like going in the equilibrium against one another. Like they weren't clashing, but like their conflict was like now they understood each other. You know what I mean? Mm. Like after the talk at the jazz club, it was like. Oh, like all like the things that he was saying, like, you know, it had like another meaning to it. Like it wasn't meant to discourage him. Like, like, you know, like in the ending when he was like saying all those rude things to him, like, oh, I'll I'll gouge your eyeballs out. And Fletcher keeps playing harder. Like he's finally understanding like the language that Fletcher's speaking to him. And they're kind of like playing like, like instruments together. Like, I don't know, like a band together. Finally, I just thought it was beautiful at the end like that.
0: Mm.
1: Like that's how I interpreted it
0: i like that i i think i i interpreted it a little bit differently but also uh, in the I'm, I'm in support of it as well i'm in support of, of of my own interpretation of the ending which you know everyone is but
1: i'm curious what is it so
0: i to me i think the ending was a little bit more kind of smug and spiteful rather than like reaching an understanding which it's like a different kind of satisfaction you're to me the 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 reunion scene at the bar Kind of leads you to believe that Fletcher has uh, re- not redeemed himself, but kind of you understand his motives, which you do. You do get to understand his motives, and you're sort of led to believe by all these, uh, you know, amiable conversations between them that, oh, okay, they're cool now. That weird, like, abusive teacher dynamic's not there anymore, and they're cool. And this final show is going to be a nice, uh, a nice conclusion. But then. When when Fletcher when he throws that wild card and, and calls up the song that Neiman has never seen ever and just kind of leaves him to flop flail around, you know, amidst everyone else who knows what they're doing, that to me is like, you know, when you get the twist villain at the end of a movie, it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of like that to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, Fletcher's still a jerk, and and it that made me so mad when I saw that scene. Like mad for Neiman, which I think is the desired effect, right? But um when and 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 Neiman he 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 takes the blow like a champ. That's like his little death and resurrection moment. And he comes back and he just completely sticks it to Fletcher, completely cuts him off, starts playing this crazy song. Uh Caravan's a great song by the way. And um (laughs) he 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 basically gives a fat middle finger right back to right back to Fletcher. And and it's it was very satisfying to me like yeah Neiman's taking charge of his own life. He's reached virtuosity, but he's not, like... To me, he, it wasn't, like, validating anything that Fletcher had done. It was, like, he he was, uh, like, taking his own, his life into his Kind of. Um, hmm. Interesting. Let's and I see. think it was, yeah, satisfying in, in that sort of... Like, you're not gonna push me around anymore. I'm gonna do my i'm gonna do my I thing am. and it's and it's amazing
2: mm-hmm.
3: i entirely agree and i think i'm more inclined to to relate to hallie's uh idea of or, or opinion of of how this whole movie went down but i personally was never convinced that fletcher turned good at the bar you see multiple yeah. times fletcher acting like a good person but he's very manipulative and that's how he gets you at the oh, very yeah. beginning when when he was talking to a, to Miles Teller's character and was like, oh, what does your mom do? What does your dad do? Oh, your mom left. That's so sad. And then for the entirety of the movie, he makes fun of how he has no mom. Like, yeah. Th- he, Fletcher is capable of doing really nice things and seemingly being an outwardly kind person in order to screw you over later. And I think that not for a second was I convinced that Fletcher changed. But the the chat at the bar is interesting for one reason and that's because it's the second time that we hear about the story of how the drummer had a cymbal thrown at his head or the musician had a cymbal thrown Uh, at his head and mm -hmm. he became really good yeah charlie parker charlie parker saxophone player by the way charlie i I corrected myself to musician (laughs) how charlie parker got a a cymbal thrown at his head and then he you know realized that he had to play better or whatever that is fletcher's philosophy is that you have Mm -hmm. to be pushed to the edge And you have to be abused and degraded to think that your work is not good enough until you're finally pushed past that breaking point to when you do well. That's his philosophy, and that's the philosophy that ends up being shown in the movie. Miles Mm -hmm. Teller's character is pushed to the point of of getting to a car wreck to try and perform in one of these guys' things. And even after Fletcher is kicked out of, of the school, and he goes, and Miles Teller's character goes back to playing the band, it's it's obvious that Fletcher's going to do this and try and push Miles Teller past the breaking point again, because that's what he thinks is going to get him the next Charlie Parker, It's by pushing right. a person until they break, and at that final climax, that happens. He yeah, breaks. That's exactly. He goes past the breaking point. It's beautiful, like you said, Hallie. I think it's an amazing ending. I think it's yeah. phenomenal, but you have to to look at it at at one point and be like this is sort of validating all, all along what Fletcher wanted like this and is what Fletcher's strategy was and it worked
0: yeah okay.
2: it,
0: to a degree i definitely kind of agree with you guys and and say that fletcher wins like like miles teller has this big moment of defiance and it's really satisfying because, yeah, Fletcher's been horrible. He's very clearly like the antagonist of this movie, right? You're meant to root against him, um, mm-hmm. and and so when you see him be defied, it's satisfying. But then, yeah, exactly. On the on the other end, it's also like, well, Fletcher's kind of winning. Like he, he he gets his way at the end. And I don't, I don't know. It's it's a very interesting view, moral on ambition where. I mean, you could dumb it down and say that the moral of the story is you got to go beyond your limits to achieve virtuosity, which in itself is not a bad moral, but uh, very interesting in the way they chose to portray that, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: because like in this book, I'm reading The Anatomy of Story. Um, One of the things they're talking about in the villain is that to create an interesting dynamic between the hero and the villain, it's key to make the hero and the villain have the same goal. So, if you look at Fletcher and Andrew, it's like they have the same goal. Andrew wants to be the best, and Fletcher wants to mentor the best.
2: So, mm-hmm. that's kind
1: of like the ending where, you know, it all like cultivates, I think. Yeah. So, like, that's like the whole moral mm-hmm. thing It's like their ambitions clashing with one another.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Casey, what, what, because I know you're, you are against kind of the, I don't know, or you have some problems with it. Why, why don't you yes. elaborate?
2: i i do have some problems with the ending i feel like um there throughout the movie was this like power struggle as hallie and charlie as everyone um touched upon between fletcher and miles teller's character um and once like miles gets kicked out of school and you see him kind of like turn over this new leaf and he's not he's no longer um kind of like a slave to his ambition and is—and he's trying to like be a better person and actually try to do something that's not completely taking over his life and all it takes is one conversation with Fletcher for him to completely like jump back in doesn't necessarily like sit right with me because it feels like after all of having the movie trying to convince you that Miles Teller is trying to be like his character is trying to be his own independent person at the end of the day he's going to do whatever it takes to like be something and be important to Fletcher and you see that at the ending where like he gets screwed and he like goes back on um afterwards as like kind of to stick it to him but then he see how like happy he is when Fletcher finally like accepts him. Yeah. And I feel like the whole middle finger is lost when you're like mm-hmm. enjoying being like um approved by someone who's done nothing but tear you down.
3: I entirely agree. I think yeah. I think it's not an act of defiance at all. I think that it's exactly what Fletcher wanted. Yeah, He wanted to screw over Miles Teller's character, not because he hates that character, but because he genuinely thinks that is the next Charles Parker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He genuinely yeah. thinks that he has the resolve to go forward, and this is one final test of that, and this is the moment that he has to shine. He most likely envisioned uh a miles teller's character go andrew right that's his name and only keeps saying that old mouthful yeah, <laughs> yeah. He-, he most likely thinks that andrew is going to do that is going to stay and defy him D- the the defiance is in its act I- I- is in it it's it's not defiance it's an alliance between the two
1: Right. That's why I think of it like as a symbiosis, like they're finally understanding each other's language. Yeah. yeah. And I, like I I that think that's the redemption to me is like, I'm I'm
0: feeling that I'm feeling that a lot more. I I guess part of like But I don't know, does it does the fact that that uh Fletcher had planned on on Andrew performing this act of defiance, I mean, from Andrew's point of view, does that demean the act right like from andrew's point of view from the protagonist's point of view he's still whether fletcher wanted it or not he's still i guess he at least he thinks he's acting on his own will but
3: oh for sure well i think that andrew wants that to happen i think he's completely fine with going back into fletcher's arms and and taking that abuse again to to be pushed forward because as he says multiple times throughout the movie that's what he wants is to be remembered and I think oh, yeah. That, yeah. that we as an audience have to realize that's a really toxic mentality to have in all aspects of your life. I mean, this guy push he pushes aside all of his family, except for mainly his dad, because he wants and, and people he's trying to cultivate relationships with because he wants to be the best. And and that's one of the parts of the movie that I thought was the most interesting
0: was sort of seeing for sure. was seeing Miles' journey of like shedding his humanity. Just with this sole focus on on becoming the best, it was really interesting to watch his journey of like almost enti- entirely pushing everything else out of his life, and how he slowly goes from being this kind of like in the beginning, he's a shy, kind of downcast, very inconspicuous uh, person, but he's also kind of a heartthrob. Like he's got this crush on the girl, and 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 everything. But as the movie progresses. You see him, he he pushes the girl out of his life first. That's sort of the main big hint that, like, okay, this guy's going all in. But um, what I think was most interesting to me was that sort of point, like Casey was talking about, where he started to come back around. Um, And it's it's almost kind of Joker-esque to me that I think there's a very clear breaking point for... um, i keep wanting to say miles teller for uh andrew Andrew, for andrew (laughs) neiman um and that's when he's accepted the gig with fletcher and he calls he tries to it's almost like he's trying in that moment to to find a um a middle point between what he wants and a healthy life right he he what he calls when he calls Mm -hmm. the girlfriend he's like to me that's sort of he's taking he's taking a shot at trying to find a healthy balance and so he invites the girl to come watch him perform and when he finds out she has a boyfriend and and pretty much wants nothing to do with him anymore to me it, it at least from miles point of view it's the reason i say joker is because it's like he's given one last attempt at trying to trying to find a a middle point and and it didn't work and and that was kind of the point of of no return like the straw that broke the camel's back um and so now he just kind of completely rejects his his humanity and and just goes all in in this last performance and you you kind of see that even more when um you see my or er, Andrew's father look into to the concert hall while he's doing his insane solo and his dad looks like horrified mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's just such an interesting dynamic to me it it, i um i like that sort of i i find myself enjoying that sort of arc where it's like reaching the point of no return and and just going full force after that and and so it was really fun to me to kind of identify like that's the point where he kind of gave up hope on trying to have a um a moderate, or, or even a happy life. He, he just, at that point, he was like, whatever, everything else is not working. I'm just going to be the best at what I can do.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I treat mm-hmm. this movie even like a thriller in some cases. The, the, this movie has aspects of horror films in it, and I think uh, one of the most obvious points where you can see that is in all the lighting choices they make. I mean, every oh, single... Yes. Like gel they use and color of lighting that they use is unsettling. One of my favorite examples of that comes right after the like six hour long session where he's absolutely beating the drummers into trying and get the tempo right for that one song.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
3: get out at like two o'clock in the morning and you just see Andrew's face highlighted with a pale blue light as if the moonlight's coming down and he looks like a ghost. And that's what that's meant to feel like is, is he's drained He's out of there. He's been pushed to where he he can't be pushed any further. And and that heavily contrasts the beginning part of the movie where you see him in sort of this sickly yellow light, sickly green almost, in, in the apartment complex where he's sort of working on it. And you sort of still get that feeling that he's happy doing what he's doing. But there's that little thing in the back of your mind that's saying something's wrong here. Something's going to go wrong here and you slowly mm-hmm. see that yellow drain and drain and drain and drain until you get a a a, a pale gray blue of of just defeat almost but he manages to mount back and it's wonderful
0: and and then you look moving along with the the lighting theory you look at the the final scene that final performance with the um uh, it might just be in my head but when miles is kind of flailing around in the song he doesn't know the lighting is 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 blues and greens and that sort of thing um mm-hmm but then in the final performance of caravan brilliant gold yeah it, i saw it, that. I, I loved that uh i think that's sort of symbolizing the you know the the end of their arc like the new the resurrection kind of that that yeah that neiman has reached it's it's a very the lighting is phenomenal in this movie absolutely uh just i love the the really warm studio lighting the effect uh, that it gives whenever they're in like the practice room or on stage or anything, mm-hmm. it's like all that you can see is the band. And that's it. Everything else is, it almost looks like it's been like it's all inky black. It, uh, it's mm-hmm. all in shadows except for the band. i I serious kudos to to all the whole lighting team, gaffers, and you know all those guys. they they knocked it out of the park,
1: bravo, Good job.
3: Bravo. Good job, everyone.
0: Go production crew,
3: but uh, <laughs> yeah. Hallie, you said you had a a connection to la la land with this whole movie and
1: oh i mean yeah i'm interested (laughs) i mean the first the first time in the movie where i was watching and i was like oh i definitely see emma and sebastian was the girlfriend and andrew talking just like their conversation and the way like damien Chazelle like plays his actors and kind of like relationship uh i was like oh that's Emma and sebastian right there but i did have a point like what you were saying james with the girlfriend and Andrews, like his relationship to like life is like solely, I feel like is solely uh, represented with the girlfriend. Like when he like got a good compliment from Fletcher, like he asked her out on the date. And then Mm -hmm. when he was feeling low with Fletcher, like he kicked her out of his life and was like, I have to focus on only drumming. And so it was interesting to see that parallel throughout the whole movie. And especially towards the end when he tried to go back, you know, to having that balance. And it was like, it's too late and then at the end it's like he gave it his all but yeah even just charlie looking at like the lighting like you know how in the beginning you just see it's green and you're like "Ooh, okay this is what this kind of film is going to be it's going to be like saturated there's going to be moods and then you have that long opening sequence of like fletcher uh fletcher andrew just walking through the city and it's green and you know and then you go to the band room and it's yellow it's like ah yes we got these these primary colors or colors going on Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then just even even the ending you can parallel to like La La Land, you know, like the false climaxes, um, you know, where we think Andrew's going to have a, a redemption and it gets shoved in his face as Fletcher's like, well, we're playing a different song. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of get to see what what could have happened and what we wanted to happen and it didn't happen. And it's kind of like you're just getting shoved around. But I thought it was, it was kind of brilliant in that sense because you get to really see what each character what really andrew wanted yeah how he tried to get it yeah in the it was like all packed into one
0: this this one. movie and la la land are like they're so the same in the sense that their their main characters both kind of sacrifice their own lives for their ambition but they're also so different and i think this this movie even is, is kind of just like La La Land's theme, but cranked up to uh, an yeah. unhealthy degree. Like, it's yeah. La La Land on steroids and a lot less yeah. uh, pleasant. Like, whereas in La La Land, it still kind of keeps some of that element of of humanity at the end where there's like a twinge of regretfulness and that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Whiplash, Whiplash is, it's telling of the tale of choosing your career is a lot more extreme right there's there's no humanity left in in neiman at the end of this movie at all he's completely drums and and uh it's it's really it's really interesting to see that kind of story being told for sure it's probably not one that you should try to emulate in real life but um (laughs) very fun to not fun thought-provoking interesting to watch
3: i agree i i think it's super uh interesting that in both these movies, it, it seems like Chazelle likes to make the argument that to fully have worthwhile art and to throw yourself into the world as an artist, you sort of need to give up what identity you had before, and you have to become a new person through that. And I, I'm interested to see if or, or when Chazelle makes another movie, if that pops up again, because now mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that 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 might be his own personal philosophy that he's like a he's meta. led by yeah Metamoral. that'd be cool mm-hmm. i'm all about that kind of stuff and honestly yeah.
0: like as toxic of a theme as it is it's kind of cool to me almost i don't i don't know if that sounds weird or not but like i kind of like watching these stories of, of self-sacrifice in a way like there's the a lot more noble examples of it like la la land or, or you know mm-hmm. casablanca and that sort of stuff and arguably less noble ones like whiplash but either way i love watching these stories of of people kind of transcending the boundaries of of their own lives and and doing something uh doing something greater than within the limitations of of human relationships you know
3: who needs to yeah. be happy when you can be really good at banging sticks on a on a taut surface For <laughs> yeah. <what> i'm
0: saying
1: <laughs>
3: i guess yeah
0: you know when you put it that way it sounds a lot less cool <laughs>
1: I don't know. For some reason, I thought, okay, in La La Land, the reason why I like La La Land so much is because when I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, I relate. I hashtag relate. Like the ambition, right? Like I want to do big things. I'm in LA. This is cool. But I still feel like when I watch this movie, like I related to the ambition on some level, like not to the certain degree, like, oh, if I got in a car crash, yes. I would run to my studio room, but I think what was represented on the screen—you can kind of relate to it in the sense of like, yeah, oh, someday I want to do something great, and it's kind of like the inside of you that would do anything for that.
0: It's like, yeah, and so it's I ex- feel like
1: it was so relatable. Yeah, you know? it's an
0: exaggeration. It's definitely—it's like a something that's pretty universal, just cranked up to eleven. Yeah, like I think everyone wants to do great things to some degree. Everyone wants to be remembered, but uh, this movie's kind of just saying, well if that's what you really really want you're going to mm-hmm. have to sacrifice a lot which i don't think that in itself when you just isolate that as the moral of the movie maybe i think it becomes a little bit more uh digestible yeah. like mm-hmm. it, it is mm-hmm. kind of to me a cautionary tale um yeah like if it's you like want what
1: if ambition
0: yeah it's like if you really want to if you really really want to it's like, like know, a tragedy go, yeah go hard with this you're going to probably lose a good amount of yourself away.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: for sure which is like i just love this movie i think that it's a hard movie to to dislike if you throw away the fact that it's super stressful to watch yeah well hold on casey yeah casey yeah how are are you how are you feeling i i we've i feel i'm sorry
0: the three (laughs) of us have kind of just been talking and talking and talking what are you what are you what are you thinking? I don't know. Have you come around at all? <laughs> have, we
2: <convinced laughs> have we convinced you? Have we
1: convinced you? Whoa. Rambling. Join us.
2: You have really, really good, um, really good points about, like, how they use the lighting and how it, like, conveyed all sorts of, like, the emotions and how Andrew is feeling and all that stuff. Love the La La Land tie-in. Love that movie. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. I I still don't like it because I still I do feel like um within leaving things up to interpretation I don't like as a baseline I don't agree with leaving toxic messages up to interpretation I feel like those are um kind of stances that we have to take uh, because there are people in life that treat people the same way that Fletcher does
0: right yeah
2: you yeah. know so I guess it's just more of that for me but it is like as I said at the beginning like I did apart from it being in an anxiety inducing like I did enjoy the movie it was very very interesting it did give me like the same type of uh, not exactly the Joker pacing, oh.
1: um,
2: but it was very like, ah, uh, now we're going into a little bit of like a cru- uh, cruising and then something bad's going to happen and a car crash. The car crash scene was absolutely insane. Yeah, he oh literally God. has
0: got whiplash probably.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was I've a bold like, scene. Talking about whiplash. I
3: know. We love the tie-ins to the title. <laughs> um also miles teller his bones must be made out of iron he took oh, that yeah. car crash and then ran back to the build. he got out of the the car flipped he got out of the car he ran to the building and only after playing a, a pretty a pretty difficult part in the drums did he finally like collapse
1: i mean yeah I, okay. he
3: tackled fletcher <laughs> He's cr- like the man has has steel in his veins i think we found the next wolverine hugh jackman better <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah screw
0: charlie parker yeah. <laughs> you know what I found
1: interesting though like you know that that one scene where Fletcher comes in and he's crying about this amazing kid that you know went oh, to geez. like stardom and mm-hmm. he died in a car accident I was like yeah. wondering what the relationship to that was. Wait, when I thought it. Andrew no, thought he killed himself. The kid didn't he? He killed, he killed himself. Did yeah. he really? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, why, yeah. that's, no, why no, that's no. where they like. No, like, no, no, no. Fire. I thought he said "card." Car no, accident. no, Fletcher. No, say <laughs> that, but
3: he lied because Fletcher's abuse is what basically drove yeah. the kid to kill himself.
1: Fletcher's a horrible
3: guy. I just want to make sure everyone understands that he's the worst man alive.
1: Right, but like the relationship to the story, like you know, it's the same with Andrew. Yeah, but then yeah. <laughs> even said
0: rip to that kid, but I'm different.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so he
0: said I'm he said I'm a different breed.
1: I'm a different <laughs>
2: breed. I'm oh, a different my. culture.
0: <laughs> but I uh
2: hate that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to I think maybe it's just a Damien Chazelle thing with having their actors playing musicians to actually like play them, but I'm pretty sure most of that movie was uh actually Miles Tyler playing the drums, which is yeah, like yeah. kudos to him, dude. That's insane. Yeah. Crazy. Like uh didn't uh, why am I forgetting his name? Ryan Brian, Gosling. Brian Gosling. Yeah. Uh, yes, he actually played he the did. piano in La La Land.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he liked, learned it in like three months. And that's why I was like, okay, if he can do it in three months, I can. Hey,
0: Michael, Michael Sarah <laughs> yeah. actually played the bass in Scott Pilgrim. I so. mean that's significantly
3: Ooh. easier than any other instruments. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Listen, listen. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is better. I have two, strings,
2: it's four, <laughs> it's four.
3: It's four. It's four. It's <laughs> four. It's what the bass is, James. Come on, let's let's. Wow. Okay. We're I played gonna, No. You just pluck one of them. Like We're good. i gonna get into this.
2: <laughs> You're making him upset. We're not get into this.
0: You've never listened to a Charles Mingus song.
2: <laughs> He's gonna mute you. You've been blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated
0: all the jazz, like, lingo and stuff that they use. There's an Adam Neely video on. for any music theory people out there. Adam, you probably know Adam Neely, but there's, he has a video talking about this movie out on YouTube where um, he kind of talks about how accurate some of the stuff in Whiplash is. Um, there's some stuff that's super just, like, kind of ridiculous. It's, like, it's cur- it's terms that exist but just used in the wrong spot, which I <laughs> guess you can excuse to a degree like there's a part i know this was this was specifically pointed out in Adam Neely's video but there's a part where um the uh fletcher says uh brass remember that we sharp that ninth um <laughs>
2: that doesn't as in sound right
0: well sharpening the ninth is like a thing that you would do maybe you'd say that to a piano player who can play more than one at a time but trumpets can not one trumpet can't play a chord I know. I know. I was so (laughs) confused when that happened. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Or when uh, (laughs) baby Andrew said, look at my paradiddle, and then just played not a paradiddle, you know? Crazy.
2: Where's (laughs) the accuracy? Unwatchable.
0: (laughs) Unwatchable film. But I digress. Uh, We've been on here for a while, guys, arguing about Whiplash. How are we feeling? Can we talk
2: about the score? The score gave me Everything I needed.
3: Fire!
0: It's on Ooh, Spotify. So
2: good. Fire. It is. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. gosh.
3: We're jamming. We're have, we, yeah, yes, sir. We are. Um, after listening to three songs, I'm sure I'll have like a panic attack or something from remembering. Know, <laughs> no, listen. Like shock.
0: Whiplash and Caravan. Those are the songs to listen to. They are so good and fun. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do we have? Does anyone have any parting words of, about Whiplash before we start wrapping this thing up?
3: Uh, if you choose an instrument to get good at, I recommend a guitar, because it could be used at parties to to pick up mad chicks. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. you know, don't be that guy. More for, versatile for than sure. drums. More versatile. Yeah, than or bass. Don't do, By God, don't do anything with the bass.
0: I'm just saying, if you can play the bass, you can play the guitar, my friend. I'm just yeah. saying, isn't it? Four several strings, is not
2: strings. Yeah. Two. But they're uh, the same as the two. guitar. Yeah, actually, the bass only has oh. one
3: string because that's what it sounds like when you play the bass. It's a no-stringed <laughs> stringed instrument, actually.
2: You're just <laughs>
3: bass banging on. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> you
0: just smash
2: anyways, yeah,
3: instrument. or
0: just, just play the piano, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, play piano. Is like the
0: Latin. It's like the Latin of instruments. You can learn Honestly. any other. Ooh. After you learn piano, you <laughs> can learn any other. Um. But yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our super thorough analysis of uh, Whiplash. Um go watch the movie if you want to feel very nervous and then a little bit confused. <laughs> still somehow <laughs> but still somehow
3: satisfied. Yeah, very um, much satisfied.
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. I hope you guys all stay safe. Watch lots of movies. Stay home. Wash your hands. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. It's really hard. <laughs> um. I don't, I'm I'm blanking. Follow us on social media, subscribe comment whatever you're listening on follow check us out on Spotify iTunes Anchor iHeartRadio does anyone has anyone listened on iHeartRadio do you think
3: if you're listening on iHeartRadio right now
0: we, we love heart you. you we
1: love you we
3: oh dang we heart you exactly you heart radio <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, We've been drop, <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Drop some suggestions on what you want to see us cover. We are kind of looking for movies now that we're all kind of stuck at home for the time being. Yes, I've been sir. watching all the Star Wars movies. Maybe I'll talk about the. I'll Ooh. talk about maybe I'll do a reflection on the prequels someday. Pre- a little solo right. project. It's been a very interesting journey, but uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. Share the share share the show. Tell your friends. That's the best way you can support us at right now. Is just spread the word, uh, and thanks for thanks for listening. And remember, if you want to be good at something, cut off everyone you love.
2: Oh my God! Yep. Leave <laughs> in
3: Socratic cinema.
2: Cinema.
0: Uh, I yops. Yops.
3: Oh, I loved how we cut out like
0: halfway through the audience. Like, <laughs> all of us did. Alright. Oh. Alright, that's good.
2: <laughs> um...